Welcome to Teaching Brood. Today's topic is about something my students used to hate to do. Something that we didn't really do as kids. No, I don't think I... I was taught how to do this in university. You've even in my education degree. Yep, that's where I learned it. And it's about reflection. And we're going to start with something with a quote from uh, John Dewey that kind of sets the stage for this. And he's quoted as saying, We don't learn from experience, we learn from reflecting on experience. So, today's topic of reflection is all about, a little bit about how effective it actually is, because I'm sure people do question a little bit about, is reflection actually effective if we didn't do it? Um, but it's also about... I didn't do that in school and I turned out just fine. Yeah, we memorized stuff too. Mm. Uh, no, I'm still using that Pythagoras theorem every time I do my taxes. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Um, Alright, so... Um, it's a lot about the students asking questions, almost to themselves or to others, to help people process what they've learned. Yeah. And it's us doing it too. Oh, yeah. um, we should be doing it as teachers. Yes. And the thing to remember is that the idea of reflection is not innate. It's, not, it's an abstract concept to the idea that thinking about your own learning, thinking about what just happened or what's going to happen so you can change it. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you really kind of need to do in the moment. You can't do a good reflection a month or two down the road. No, it has to be done within a short time or have the tool in front of you that, it was, that you're reflecting on. Um, so, in a nutshell, it's basically this, you're trying not to repeat the same mistakes over and over again with reflection is what you're really trying to do. You're trying to improve, um, and you're trying to get the kids to. So, one of the first things that we're kind of targeting is, the younger the child, the more it needs to be modeled and taught and modified to make unique. Yeah. And having said that, it's not just about the age of the child, but it's also about how often has that child reflected before. Yeah. So if you've got somebody who's in middle school and they've never done a reflection, well, they need to start at the very beginning and they need to have a whole lot of scaffolding in order to be successful with it. Yeah. And, I mean, th there's a million and a half ways to do that. There's a lot of sites that will tell you this is the best way to start it, this is the best way to continue it, these are some great questions, and we'll post some of those great questions on our uh, on the Teaching Brood site. Um, but the main thing to remember is you need to model it. You need to take a look at what you're doing and literally do it as if, basically to say, if I were doing this, here's a question I might ask myself. Or here's something that I noticed I did. Prime example of that would be if I'm modeling with literacy, and I'm trying to model what a good introduction looks like, I might write an introduction as a teacher, intentionally make some points in there that I could change, and then when I get to my kids, show them the intro, read it, and then ask myself questions to show them how I'm doing it, and then change things appropriately. So, You can be need to be in your kids' heads. Yeah, yeah, you need to put yourself where they are. And you need to you need to get how to have them be able to relate to what you're doing. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not it's not useful. And you need to plan for it too. You need to plan heavily in your in your lesson planning, in your monthly planning, in your yearly planning. What kinds of reflections you want to do? Kinds of questions you want to ask? And in certain programs that if you're teaching, that's more innate. That's more in the program. Like mm -hmm. if you're if you're teaching an IB based curriculum. 
they default with a lot of reflection. There's a lot of reflection in there. But if you're not in that kind of a program, you may need to find the time for it. Yeah. And, you're fi- and what we're finding is that more and more curriculums worldwide are adding the idea of reflection in as part of, stand- of part of the standards. It's a hard thing to judge because the reality is not everyone can get to a point of... Everyone's way, path to reflection is different. Yes. And some, some people are natural internal reflectors. Some people, it really takes a lot of training and takes some time. So you need to have patience with the process. When you are doing reflection with your kids, there's a whole bunch of different ways you're, you can do it. Yeah. You can do it digitally. You can do it analog. You can do it with just voice. You can have kids sharing in a circle. You can have kids in small groups. You can have kids partnered up. They could be posting their thoughts out on Twitter or Padlet. Um, there's a whole bunch of different ways of doing it. But you do need to give them that time. This is not one of those like, okay, everybody, we got two minutes left in our lesson. Let's quickly reflect. Yeah, and the younger they are, the more time they need. Yes. Uh, my third graders will typically require 20 minutes to a half an hour to process three or four reflection questions. And the reality is, because it's something they may not inherently want to do, you might need to really reinforce the thoughts. You all, um, and reinforce going back and really thinking things through and taking time and for them to have patience with their own process. Yeah. But also recognizing from your end what they're going to produce at certain ages. Yeah, absolutely. I know that with my fourth and fifth graders, because I'm a specialist, so I only get them a very limited time each week, then what ends up happening is I will take the last 10 minutes of a lesson to do a reflection. Mm. And it doesn't happen all the time, but I do tend to do it um, more as a a group thing, either small groups or big group, rather than as an individual written thing. Mm. And what you, how often it happens and what you do with it, it changes activity to activity. If you do a short team building activity that was only one lesson long, you might only ask two or three reflection questions and then move on. Or you might ask, or you might ask them at the beginning and at the end. But if you're doing a longer thing, like for example, in our program here, we do a reflection. Kids, kids, each kid does a math pre-assessment. They reflect on the pre-assessment about where they need to go. Then when they do the post-assessment, they reflect on the whole unit, including the post, to see how far they've gotten and where they need to continue going. Because a lot of math concepts, just like a lot of literacy concepts, are revisited over and over again. So if they can see where they need to go, they can focus on those areas, especially when the lessons hit that really narrow, narrow down on that. So giving the students the time to do that will really let them set goals for themselves. And that's one of the big things about reflection is that it allows you to figure out where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And that's why you make that end goal transparent. You make it as easy as possible for them so they can have success. And have you found, because you've been doing reflection for a number of years, you were a PYP teacher first, and now you're in the American program doing some reflection stuff. Oh, yeah. Did you Have you found that over the course of the year, your students get better at just learning in general because they start doing that internal reflection naturally? Especially at the beginning of the year when they're all out of sync. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, as, as, the, as the classroom develops into a community as the students get to know each other that ability to reflect and talk to each other and how use accountable talk and if you don't know what that is I'll jump into that in a second um, it improves and that's often to do because they mature throughout the year um, and that's often just because they naturally mature and if you train them to be reflective during that maturing process then 
they can see their mistakes a lot easier. And mistakes in a good way. Mistakes recognized through the lens of, if we don't have them, we don't get better. So the idea of success and challenges. If you constantly have success, you never really learn that much. But if you're challenged in a healthy way, and you reflect on those challenges, you grow. And so it's a great year for doing that. Um, yeah. I'm um, just going to push a couple little things. Um, responsive Classroom, if you've never heard of it, I will go into a lot more detail on it at a later date. They do a lot about reflection. And there's a cool activity they, they do for younger kids called Closing Circle, a simple, joyful way to end the day. Um, and basically what you do is you get five index cards. You put all the five senses, one on each one. Put them in a hat or in a basket, and it goes around the room. Kid pulls out a card, opens it up. They say what one of the senses applies to the day and what they've learned, put it back in and it rotates around you get to see a better reflection. And I know we've talked about beginning end of day situations, but never forget, we, it, it's not just beginning end of day, it's beginning end of lesson, it's a way, a reflection is a way to enter a lesson and close it and somewhere in the middle sometimes depending Absolutely. on the activity. I, and it is something with my... Um, I've got a band class, and we do a lot of reflection in the middle of the lesson. Yeah. So it's one of those things that we, we start off with something, and then in, in the middle of it, I'll stop everybody, and we'll just do a group reflection really quickly, a couple minutes, and then we move on from there, and it makes so much improvement. Oh, yeah. It's, it's amazing how quickly. And a lot of high school, middle school, high schools, once they get access to social media, there's a lot of tools they'll use, things like Twitter and Facebook and, um, you know, Schoology are used, yep. for, are used for reflection to, as reflection pieces. Um, Google Classroom, you can send them out a question on reflection and get it back in a Google, in a Google Doc. Um, Google Forms, also brilliant ways of doing it. There's a million ways you can get kids to reflect and get tangible evidence of that reflection. Absolutely. Pencil paper doesn't hurt either. Throw that out there. So if you need some questions to help you get started in your classroom. Absolutely. Then, a few things are, what did you learn? Basic concept. Okay. What questions do you have, or what questions do you still have? Mm. Because maybe that kid had that question at the beginning of the lesson, and it's still there. It hasn't been answered it's yet. It's a big question. It's often not answered right away. Yep. So, what are you most proud of? And that's one that I like using um, within my band classes, with my beginners. And it's kind of like, oh, I can finally hit that note. It's a big one because you want, at the end of the at the end of every lesson, at the end of every day, at the end of every moment, really, you want to have the kids find some success in something. Yep. Um, and sometimes that success is small. Sometimes that success is huge. Embrace them all. Absolutely. Um, what do you want to improve? I love that one. And then you follow that up with, well, how can you do that? That's the harder bit. They can often see what they want to improve, but they might not know how to improve it yet. And you might need to scaffold a lot of students on that with a lot of techniques or give them like little teasers about what's coming up. Mm -hmm. What challenges did you, or if they're working in a team, did their team face? And as a result of that, why were those challenges present? What can they do differently next time to ensure that they don't face those challenges? And finally for today, what lessons were learned from the struggles or from the failures that the students had that day? Hmm. That's, it's one of the things that I really reinforced to my music students is that you know what you might not have done well on that assessment but if you learned something from it then I'm proud of you and you should be proud of you too and if you're 
I know a lot of you guys are probably going, oh, this is all growth mindset stuff. Yeah, it is, actually. We haven't explicitly stated that it's about growth mindset stuff, but the idea of reflection and getting better and recognizing the positive and that recognizing the necessity of necessity of the struggle and necessity of the challenges is totally rooted in, the, in Carol Dweck and growth mindset and boosting yourself up with the right phrases because those phrases are essentially self-reflective phrases. Um, and if you need to know a lot about more growth mindset, we'll do a later video on growth mindset in the next, in the coming weeks. That's a good idea. I'll add that to the list. Thank you. Um, all right. So that's all we got for today. We go we, and reflect on something. Yes, we'll ask you with this. If you're listening to this, post a comment. What questions do you have?